If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to episode 40 of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. And before jumping into the episode today, I wanted to acknowledge the fact that this week is Christmas. I want to normalize and validate you in the fact that if you're crying a little extra this week, if you don't feel remotely in the holiday spirit, If you're having a hard time seeing people happy and joyous around you, that is not something to feel guilty about. That is not something to feel shameful about. It's okay to just think of the holidays as another day this year. It's okay to just remember that they're going to pass. This is a tough time. So if you haven't already, I would definitely urge you to go back and listen to my episode about dealing with the holidays during a breakup. I think that will help a lot, but just remember to hang in there, and January 1st is just around the corner. But today in the episode, I have an extra special guest, and I have Danica Breisha, who is not only my friend, but also was my boss for two and a half years, and you will find out more in the episode just why she is so incredibly special to me. But Danica is the founder of Self-Care Society. She is the founder of Model Meals, which is a healthy meal delivery service, and really overall is just the queen of self-care. So in this episode, that's what we talk about, all about self-care, how to start a self-care practice, what does that even look like, how you can utilize self-care during times that are really tough. Danica shares some of her own personal experiences of utilizing self-care during really tough times. We talk about how boundaries in self-care are related. We talk about how feeling your feelings is so important when it comes to self-care and some things that you probably wouldn't think about being self-care and how it relates, um, how we can start loving ourselves more and just so much good information in this episode of how to start incorporating your own self-care practice because We hear that a lot to practice self-care, but at the end of the day, if we're not, if we don't actually have a routine on how to do it, it can just seem like a really abstract idea. So 
This is an amazing episode that I am so excited for you guys to listen to and make sure you stay to the end of the episode. Danica discusses her new U Year program that's launching very soon on going into the new year with, you know, more grounding on what you want, what you want the year to look like, which is a great thing to be doing you know, while going through a breakup so you can kind of shape what this new chapter of life is going to look like for you. So without further ado, here is my friend Danica Brescia. Welcome Danica to the podcast. I'm like so excited to to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's so good. I'm just so proud of you and everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. It's like I was telling Luke, it's such a it's just, it was so cool. It was like a very full circle moment to be able to, to have you on. Um, so I would love if you could introduce yourself first, and then um, I'm going to share a little bit about you and what, how have you have helped me. And honestly, like one of the big reasons Breakup Bestie exists in this capacity is because of you. So if you could introduce yourself first. I think you're giving me a lot of credit, but I <laughs> thank you. Um, my, so. Yeah, I um, am, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> think about this. So I, I identify, I guess, as a wellness entrepreneur. So I own a company called Model Meals and I am the CEO of that company as well. And that is um, a really kind of conscious, mindful meal delivery company. So we focus on sort of Whole30, paleo, um, organic, local, sustainable sort of um, food serving California, Arizona, Nevada currently. Um, and I started that about five years ago and I own a company called uh, self-care society, which is sort of like, um, uh, Peloton for self-care. I call it like a fitness membership for your spirit and soul. So, um, you know, manifestation, visualization, all that, and sort of a whole private self-care community, um, social network. Um, and then I have my personal brand, which is Danica Brescia Inc. And, um, under that I do, I've been a plus size model for about 10 years now with IMG models. Um, so I model for various brands like Old Navy and, um, you know, Bare Minerals and, and all that and do, you know, different speaking and events and, you know, ultimately everything I do is focused around helping people live their, their healthiest, happiest life. And however I can provide tools or services that, that support that, that's my jam. Speak. So for those that don't know, I, Danica was my boss for two and a half years, I think it was. And I messaged her on Instagram at the beginning of 2018. She was looking for some volunteers for the brunch series, which was a event series that she did all over the country. And I volunteered for a couple events and then I came on and just stayed and I can speak, you know, from personal experience, everything that you do is so purpose driven and, you know, the impact that you've had on thousands of women in person and virtually around the country and, and outside the U S is incredible. And the reason I, I say that breakup bestie is existing in its capacity because of you is I, the first time I ever like said my idea out loud was at one of your events. And you asked me what my big idea was. And I said, I wanted to start an online breakup coaching platform. And you have always been such a big supporter of me in doing that. And whether that's, you know, helping promote me and just, you know, I mean, so much of what I do now, I learned by just, you know, watching you do what you do. Okay. Um, 
you can't see me listening. <laughs> my eyes are crying. I'm so proud of you. Um, and I think this, the second thing that you've helped me so much with, and that's, you know, I could really just continue to, to talk about how much I love you for, for 45 <laughs> minutes, but, <laughs> but I, cool. um, you completely, you know, transformed my idea of what self-care looks like and just, you know, with, I mean, I did the self-care checklist for, for two years straight. And it's something that if I'm ever getting off track with taking care of myself, I know it's a tool I can always go back to and, you know, transforming the idea that self-care is, you know, a bubble bath and doing like a spa face mask kind of a thing. That's what I had always thought it was. And now I, I, I have found this self-care practice that works so much for me. And it's been something that I've also been able to pass on to people through Breakup Bestie. So, so that is, you know, all thanks to you and being able to work with you and, you know, getting to experience everything that you teach. So that's why I'm so excited about self-care society is like, I mean, I know what it did for me. So, so yeah, so that's, I won't embarrass you anymore, but <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm just so proud of you. And, and, um, you know, it's just incredible to see what you've built and you've always been, I feel like we, we were so lucky to work together. You, you're like humbling yourself. You literally planned a national tour for me. So we did 66 events all over the country and Kendra visited us in New York and she came and stayed in the RV with us. Um, it was very, you know, it was, it's, it was such a fun adventure and I am so happy to, to see you doing what you're so passionate about. And it feels very full circle because this whole week I've been interviewing women to fill sort of like a media executive assistant role. And it's really, I was just telling Kendra before that like multiple people have said like your relationship with Kendra was so beautiful. And like, that's what I want. And so many people have mentioned you and I just, I'm like, it makes, just makes my heart happy. It's so, so wonderful. And I felt so supported by you. So thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, Okay, we'll move on into the, the the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, so the first thing is, and I just kind of mentioned it, but like, how broadly, how do you describe self care? And like, it's just, it's literally thrown around so much. It's like, oh, are you tired? You're burnt out. Do self care, do self care, do self care. But it's like, what, what is it? And what are some of the misconceptions you think that people have around it? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a super specific definition for it other than I really think it's the care of like your inner emotional spiritual world and you know bubble baths and face masks are fine too you know that falls in that category but they're really nurturing a feeling in you and so it's not necessarily the action like you know it's not necessarily what you're doing but really how it's nourishing you but I would say for me and especially in self-care society it's it's the inner work it's the it's you know I believe deeply that our um that we are our own best like guru we are our own greatest wisdom and oftentimes people are searching everywhere for someone to tell them what to do with their life um and that's usually because we don't take the time to pause and look inward. So I always say, seek inspiration outside yourself. That's beautiful. That's amazing. That's how we all grow and, and, and grow each other, but to seek answers within. And so for me, self-care is ultimately taking the time and making the space to go inward 
And so take care of yourself. It's like the inner child work. It's the soul work. It's understanding. It's like what you just said, Kendra, of, of tapping into what lights you up and having the courage to go after that because we have one life. And I believe that things should be easy and they should flow and they should, and we have desires and experiences for a reason. Like you've navigated everything you've navigated for a reason because it's gotten you right to this point. You know, and I think everyone has that, whether it's like this big Oprah Winfrey size thing, or if it's really quiet whisper and you're an assistant to someone that, and making a really big impact, right? So I think it's all over the place. But for me, in terms of self-care and like my own self-care practices, you know, that's, there's the basics, like getting enough sleep and how I eat and moving my body, um, meditation, and then a lot of that for me is the inner work of like gratitude and affirmations and manifestation and um, connection. And I think community is a big piece of it. And, and I've been talking a lot lately about self-care and community care. And that's what we tried to bridge with self-care society. That's the society piece of self-care, right? It's like, um, you know, especially in a vulnerable state, if you're going through a breakup or, or something, I mean, you don't have a lot to give yourself and that's okay. Like we need to be gentle on ourselves and there's, that's why community exists too. So, um, you know, my long-winded answer is like, I really believe that self-care is the practice of taking care of yourself first so that you can ultimately care for others, go after your dreams and have the impact on the world that you came here to have. Yeah. And what you said about tapping into like what's inside of us. I really think, you know, if I'm relating this to breakups that deep down after a breakup, like we all know that we're going to be okay. And like, we're going to find the right person, but all of our anxiety and all those, those thoughts of like, I, I, I missed out on my person and I'm never going to feel better again. It's like, if we can, I think so much of it's just like clearing away that obsessive negative self-talk and being able to like really dig deep and, and see that like innately, you always are going to know that things are going to be okay. And things work out the way that they're supposed to. Um, and I think that's why, you know, journaling is like the number one thing I recommend to people. And it's like the one completely non-negotiable thing in, in my morning routine, because it's, it's what allows me to, to see what's going on inside me. Yeah. It's like the visible, it's like the ability to make tangible your inner world. Right. And, and I, you know, I learned that through my recovery process. I learned that through the artist way morning pages, like, you know, it's all the same process of brain dumping and, and getting our thoughts out, but energy, it, emotions are energy in motion. And what we don't realize is that when we hold on to emotions and we don't deal with them, we don't deal with our feelings. They just sit in our body. We carry them around. And I did that with food most of my life because I didn't have any mechanisms or tools to deal with what I was feeling. So I just kept eating and food became my drug. And I started just numbing out. That was the same, you know, just numbing out that way. And so I think that, you know, our feelings are there for a reason and to guide us. And I remember going through when my partner and I took time apart and, and took a break, some of the heaviest feelings I've ever felt. and. I mean, it felt unbearable sometimes. And, and for me, what, what helped, you know, was obviously talking to people that I trusted and loved and, and also to just to, to allow myself to feel as often as I could. I mean, sometimes it, it felt too unbearable and I, and I had to distract and, and distracting was a self-care tool for me during that time too. And I think that's, that's the thing is we we're so in the search of right and wrong, um, in terms of like, is this the right way to do things? Is this the wrong way to do things? And I think it comes back to what we're talking about of like 
the right way, I mean, it's tuning in, it's listening in. Um, if you're in a, um, an even state, a balanced vessel state, which I know we're not always, we're going through yeah. hard things, but if we can get to that place and tune in and really just ask ourselves what, what feels right for us and take like the next tiny little step. Yeah. And I was just thinking like part of, you know, this year has been very tough on, you know, mental health and everything. And literally this year, like a self-care practice that I do is I'll literally spend like 20 minutes scrolling TikTok because it makes me laugh and it brings me joy. And like, it's a way for me to just disconnect for 20 minutes. And so it doesn't have to be this thing about right and wrong. And like, I hear from so many people that they think if they distract themselves after the breakup, that they're losing out on the feelings. And it's like, I don't think we're meant to feel intensely all the time, especially after going through something that traumatic. Totally. I mean, for me, that was like going to work or getting lost on like in like a TV show or something. I, that was how I balance it. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling everything, but I, I couldn't feel that all. It was too much at once, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully, fully agree. I think this, um, I think our emotions, we have to be willing to feel, but we also have to be willing to be gentle with ourselves. And I think that's been like the biggest focus for me right now in self-care is gentleness. And what you touched on with the play aspect, I think play is going to be, it's like one of the most important pieces of self-care that gets very neglected and, and left behind, but it's really actually quite easy to reverse engineer your self-care by simply asking yourself, how do I want to feel? And this is something Danielle Laporte talks about. She's an author and she talks a lot, she builds, it says, you know, anything you desire any in life, any of your goals are based, are, are built in how you think you'll feel when you get them. So she says like, you know, say you say you want a fancy sports car, you really want a fancy sports car because you think that you're going to feel X, Y, Z when you have that. So it's actually makes more sense to figure out how, what do I want to feel right now? And you might say, okay, I want to feel clarity right now. That's what I'm really craving. I want to feel clarity. And then you can ask yourself, what could I do that would make me feel clear? Well, journaling, meditating, taking a walk, calling a friend and talking through things or getting having your therapist. So I think that's a really good way to nurture your actual needs is to say, what, what do I, how do I want to feel right now? And then take care of yourself in that way. I love that. And I, I actually, like a lot of times I hear from people going through a breakup that they're struggling with the fact that their ex was, was in addition to their partner, their best friend, which I think is a very common thing that happens in relationships. And I tell them to like, write down what were like the, the aspects of your friendship that was so important. And like, how can you either give that to yourself or how can you like ask friends to help fill some of those voids for you? But I've, I've never thought about it with, in terms of, of self-care. And I think the whole idea of gentleness is something that I struggle with a lot with self-care. I'm like, if I have something written down, it has to get done. Like I'm someone that will do like a super intense workout, even if I'm, would probably prefer to do like yoga or go for a walk or do something really gentle. How is like, how have you helped people or even in your own experience, like balance that out of like, I know I need to do certain things to feel good and feel centered, but I also like really want to listen to myself. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging. I think for me, I'm, I always talk about like micro habits. Um, and I really try to set myself up for success. And what I mean by that is like, 
if you say you want to start a movement practice, it is, I know how tempting it is to say, I'm going to do an hour of on my Peloton every day, you know, like it's so tempting. We all want to do that. Don't do that because what happens is one day you only have 30 minutes or 45 minutes and you only get a 45 minute ride in and you feel crappy because you're like, Oh, I didn't get it. But what if you were to say, I'm going to do five minutes on my, on my spin bike every day. And you did 15 minutes or you did 30 minutes or even an hour. You're a rock. You feel like a rock star. And then what happens is you keep doing it because when we feel like we're good at something, we're like, I'm going to keep showing up for this thing. Right. And that's how we create consistent self-care. And, and so I think that's a big piece of it is like, we're so hard. We're so hard on ourselves. I'm like, I'm the same way. I have so many expectations for how much I can get done in the day. And, and I just have to really pause. Um, I have a picture of myself, like as a child next to my desk, there's a few of them. And it just helps me to be like, how would I talk to her? How would I treat her? Like, would I be expect these things of her? And I think that's like, so what we're talking about in the beginning of this, like inner child work and the self care, like that's the self care. It's caring for that little self inside of you. And it's giving ourselves the same space and grace and, and love that we would to anyone else. And especially when you're going through a hard time, going through a breakup. I mean, like, uh, like we have to, we have to find some sort of gentleness. Yeah. I remember I had, um, you know, a mentor in like early in my sobriety, I would never not like go to work or do something if I didn't feel good. And she would ask me, she's like, if five-year-old Kendra came up to you and was like, I'm not feeling good. Like, would you make her go to school? Like, would you make her like still go to sports practice? It's like, no, you would like have her like lay in bed and like watch a movie and rest and all that. And it's, so I think caring for yourself in that gentle of a way of like, how would you treat like four-year-old, five-year-old version of yourself is so important. And I also wanted to ask, I love your metaphor about filling your cup up first. Mm -hmm. And I think it's especially important because after a breakup, I just think we're naturally depleted. Like we're just naturally emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted. So our cups already like running on low. So can you talk about, you know, that whole metaphor? Yeah. The fill your cup is this, I, I do it most, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who come to me are nurses, mothers, teachers. And I find that the self-care world tends to attract people who give to others a lot and care. And, and a breakup is no different. You gave your heart to someone, you gave your energy to someone, you know? And so, so it's really relevant here. And the idea is that you figure out how, what it takes to fill your cup, not just to full, but overflow. And so it can be as tactical as drawing a, a cup on a piece of paper and drawing like, you know, a few measurement lines, like you, like a measuring cup would have and, and figuring out what are the things that not just fill this cup, but overflow it. So on the first line, you might be like, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep. I know that helps. And the second line you might write, you know, avoiding sugar and alcohol. And the third line you might write getting in nature. And then maybe your cup starts overflowing and, and, you know, journaling is, is in there and calling a friend. Right. And so you figure out okay, so what is my personal equation or rather, what is my recipe? If you were a recipe, the, and the recipe was like the best Kendra, the best version of Danica. And it said that what are the ingredients? Like, what does it take? And that's sort of how this all came about in my life too, the self-care checklist. And I was struggling with my own like binge eating. And I realized that 
I had an, there was sort of an equa equation, there was an ingredient list, there was a measuring cup with lines that showed me how to actually end the day, not, you know, 10,000 calorie hiding food in my parents' garage where I lived at the time. Um, and so I just figured out what that equation was. And so it's going to vary your whole life. It's going to change. I want to invite people that if something gets old and stale, take it out. You can always put it back in. Um, but figuring out how to fill your cup, because what happens when we don't is that we give and we give and we give all day and we end up with just backwash left and we give ourselves the backwash and we give our friends the backwash and our family the backwash and the people that we care about are just getting the backwash. And especially as you go through a breakup, you need a full cup. And you might need to get some of that full cup from others, you know, like, let's talk like that's where I think community care is a really important conversation in, in the context of going through something as traumatic as a breakup, because you're, you don't have anything to give. Like, this isn't a conversation about you having enough to give. This is a conversation about you even having enough to like function for yourself. Um, and so really being clear, I think, on asking for what you need from others and, and receiving support. I think that's probably a big, another big conversation. Like, you know, I work with so many women and the ability to receive support. Like, we're like, yeah, let me give it out all day. But when it comes to our time to receive or our time to ask for help, we're like, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't want to be a burden, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think too, like, I mean, I hear from people from women all the time that say like, I don't want to be the downer in my group of friends. Like I, I feel like I should, shouldn't be feeling this way or I, you know, judging our feelings. And, and that was, I think that's another piece of self-care is like allowing yourself to feel your feelings. For me, like a, it crying is very caring to myself. I spent so much of my life not thinking I could cry and just knowing that like I can I have like a special playlist I'll turn it on I make it romantic and you know I just like let it happen what a beautiful like that is such a beautiful ritual for self-care like I would you know I have my self-care checklist and I think about that and I'm like what would I put that as and it's release right? The word release came to my mind and like how beautiful for you to actually carve out space and set us, I mean, like how it's like the most beautiful ritual to release energy and emotion that's not serving you that you don't want to carry around. Like that is some deep level self-care that is profound. I think, I think, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, it took so much trial and error to figure out what it was, but I, you know, I struggled with anxiety so much of my life. And I finally realized like the tightness in my chest is because I'm holding way too much than I, that I can. And so having like a way to release that, and it's not always crying a lot. I mean, a lot of it ties into community of, you know, I know the times that I want to text a friend, I want to call a friend, but I'm completely second guessing it. And I keep thinking, do I need, it's not that big of a deal. That's the times that I, I need to call someone. Yeah. And people want to help. I think we forget that. Like when someone gives me the opportunity to help them, I'm like, I feel great. And so maybe I think it's also flipping the perspective, flipping the switch and realizing that you asking for support from someone is giving them an opportunity to support you. And that's like, that's a really kind thing to do because they get to leave feeling really good about themselves, that they were able to support you. And so sometimes I think that really helps. I, you know, that's why a lot of times I frame self-care around how it impacts their ability to help others. 
Because here's the deal. If we don't have self-love, it becomes really hard to practice self-care. So the two things go real, they, they go really well together, right? So I always say, if you, if you are struggling with self-love, what you want to do is practice self-care because just taking action towards self-care tells yourself you are worth taking care of. You have worth and self-worth is self-love and vice versa. If you are trying to cultivate more self-love, and you practice self, or I'm sorry, if you're trying to cultivate more self-care, the more you love yourself, the more you naturally take care of something. So think about your dog, or maybe you have, you have a child or a niece or nephew or anything that you really love and how natural it is to take care of them, to feed them, to take them on WALKs, um, <laughs> to, sorry, Mr. My guy's here. Um, and, and it's so natural to want to care for them. And so that's our goal is to love ourselves to the point that we very naturally, it's like, it's, it's effortless to take care of ourselves. It's non-negotiable to move our bodies and fuel ourselves well and hold space for our emotions and ask for support where we need it because the love is so deep. So they work really well together. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I think, too, after going through a breakup, it's 
all we're focusing on is like the one person we lost. And so it becomes really hard, like easy to forget that we have friends that love us. We have family that loves us and wants nothing more than to surround us with love. And, you know, there's the, the saying in the 12 step programs of like, let me like, let us love you until you can like learn to love yourself or like learn to love yourself again, like help let people get, you know, help you get back onto your feet emotionally, um, after going through something that traumatic. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the truth is like, not everyone has a friend like you, Kendra, who knows perfectly how to deal with with the breakup. You know, like that's the reality. Most people you turn to are going to have no idea what to say and they're going to say all the wrong things. And so, I mean, bravo to anyone listening to this podcast, even because you're clearly educating yourself on how to take care of yourself. This is self-care. You are doing it right now. Like check that box. Like listening to this is self-care. And I also want to encourage you, and this is not just in breakups, this goes in every situation to very clearly communicate what you need when you ask for support. And I'm sure you talk about this, Kendra, but I just think back to like, you know, how I would do things differently as I navigated the, you know, break my partner I chose. And, and, you know, I think a lot of fear was around my friends saying something negative about my partner or saying something like, you know, there were so many pieces to it. And I could have just asked for what I needed, which was really to, to, to have non-judgmental, um, unconditional love and just someone to listen to me and hold me and, and be, and distract with me. You know, that was what I needed. So I'm not saying that's what everyone needs, but I think it was just, if I went back and, and in any situation, whether I'm it's as a, an entrepreneur or whatever, I think it's always comes down to like, did I communicate my needs and ask directly for how I would like to be supported in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I tell people, cause I tell people like, if your friends say something after your breakup, that's not helpful. They're it's never malicious. Like they always have like the best intentions, but they're trying to help you in either the way they would want to be helped or the way they think you need help instead of just saying like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you need from me? Like, I think that's the best thing you can say to a friend after going through a breakup. And, but you know, there's always like, there's plenty more fish in the sea or we never liked that person anyway. And you know, all those things, um, that can be really, be really hurtful, but if we don't give the people around us the opportunity to know what we need, you know, then we get resentful and we feel like we're not supported, which we're already not feeling supported, you know, after, after going through, through that. Um, and that kind of leads me to the next question on self-care and boundaries. And I know you talk a lot about that, you know, you use the, the example of social media, but I think, I really think there's a strong connection between taking care of ourselves and protecting our own energy. Yeah. I mean, boundary, this is like a constant conversation in self-care society. Like we're all, everyone's working on boundaries across the board in every scenario. And I'm not like the pro listen, I've got lots of work to do. I'm, I'm great in a lot of areas. Um, but I think it's just this, like the conversation seems to always come back to the ability to have access to your inner self because without connection to self. Like if you are numbing out through this process, I understand. Like, first of all, first of all, I understand that's okay. But when you can get to a place where you're willing to stay in your body, that is the only way you can figure out what you need. 
And so in order to communicate our needs and in order to communicate boundaries and say, this is what I need, this is what I don't need, or this serves me, this doesn't, if you're not paying attention to your feelings, then there's no communication from your body to your mind about what serves you and what doesn't. So, you know, you referred to like social media. And as I was recovering from my eating disorder, I really had to navigate. I mean, I use social media to really shift my entire body image for the better because I started following women who were curvier and looked like me and were celebrating themselves as beautiful and it reprogrammed my mind. Um, and same way when I was struggling with bulimia in high school and, and a weight obsession, you know, I stopped reading magazines. I had, I, learned, I had these pictures of women on my wall that were like double zero and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not my body type. Um, and so, you know, I really had to set boundaries and to really pay attention to, and, and, and the only way, here's the thing, the only way, you know, and the only way you can pay attention is if you slow down. And we live in a culture where we are moving so fast and we are trying to do so much. And so we miss all the cues and the whispers and we stay in the hamster wheel instead of slowing down and getting the downloads, like the total clarity. And so I think boundaries in terms of, you know, like just what communication or, or rather lack of communication looks like after a breakup and, and what you want to do in scenarios where the desire to reach out comes up. And, you know, I think just having really clear um, boundaries for yourself and asking for support from people you trust is, is really loving like that. Again, that's self-care. Mm -hmm. It's all self-care. Yeah. And I, I think with, you know, specifically with breakups, like your example of who you're following on Instagram, it's like, don't follow, like mute, you can, it's like totally okay to mute your friend who just got engaged and is like yeah. posting constantly about it. Like, yeah. I think the, the mute button on Instagram is, is so amazing where you can, you know, remove yourself from those situations. And I tell people too, like this, don't watch the notebook right after, you know, like, <laughs> Unless you're yeah. really trying to cultivate a good cry, yeah. um, which is okay too, but like figuring out what is really picking at this wound and what are, and I think there are so many things like after a breakup that we can't avoid. Like there's things that you're going to see that are going to remind you of your ex, but we do have like some circle of influence to be able to protect ourselves by, you know, what we're consuming, whether that's music or TV or social media. Um, and I think we, we forget about that a lot. Well, and, and another piece of that is, is that then we feel guilty and we add, like, we're already heartbroken. And then we add a layer of shame and guilt, which let me just tell you, that's not what you need more of in, in the situation. We add shame and guilt because we feel like a bad friend or that we're bad because we feel whether it's jealous or angry, like we have to remember that emotions can coexist. You can be happy for your friend who got engaged or is having babies or bought a house or whatever it is. And you can also be really, really upset and hurting and in pain and jealous and, you know, like rage filled at the same time. And that doesn't make you a bad person. Right. And, and it's so, I hear this a lot from women who are trying to conceive and they see people get pregnant and they, and then they feel really badly because, you know, they they have to put on a happy face and be excited for the friend. And then they go behind the scenes and they're, and they break down and, you know, 
we have to make it okay and realize that it's not a judgment of character of the kind of person you are, the kind of friend you are to have all of the, the emotions occurring at once. You know, it's like totally normal. And it's also okay to like, you know, if you have the same circle of friends with your ex, which I think could p- potentially be like the only good thing about going through a breakup this year is you're not having to go to a lot of events. But uh, yeah. other than that, it's been rough. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can say no to like a friend's birthday if they're going to be there and you're not ready to see them. It's like, you know, you can go to them and say, I love you. I want to celebrate you, but I'm just not ready to, to do that. And, you know, I t- the question's been coming up a lot in my DMs about people who their ex is going through something and they feel like they need to be the ones that step in and support them. And it's like, sometimes the most caring thing you can do for someone else is to let them have their own journey and learn how to get support on their own. So you're not, you know, learning how to separate that kind of stuff. That, I mean, that was what we, my partner and I had to navigate. We had, um, we've been together for, for, we've been together for about two and a half years. We got back from the tour. Um, and he ended up relapsing at some point during the tour. I didn't know until after we got back. And, um, and I honestly, I just want to say he's very open about his story. So I would never put this out there. That wasn't, if I didn't have the permission to, um, and he relapsed and, and old, and it, you know, it led to different behaviors that did not, we didn't agree, you know, we're not respectful and, and, and um, we had to really realize that there's no us without his sobriety. And the only way that his sobriety could be first and foremost is that we weren't together. And I had to really surrender. It wasn't about, okay, you're going to take time and then we're going to get back together. You know, it was like, we got to cut it ties and we have to let, you have to focus on you a hundred percent. There can't be like, I'm waiting at the end for you. Like that, that wasn't what it was. And, um, and, and it was the greatest thing that we've ever done. Now doesn't mean everyone, everyone's different. Everyone's situation is different here, but, but in, in his specific case, it allowed him the space that he really needed to take care of himself because, you know, in this, in the case of recovery, there's no us without his sobriety. Like his sobriety is more important than our relationship. That's what it comes down to because it keeps him alive. Yeah. And I know, you know, working for you at that time, like seeing behind the scenes, how much work went into both of you individual, like separately, individually, and, you know, seeing you being able to come back together. And I think we're both testaments to the fact, and I did a whole episode of Luke and I getting back together. It's like, I just think that if you're meant to be with someone, you will, but if you hadn't let that go with, without expectations. Like it probably would have been a very different story. Just like when Luke broke up with me, if I would have kept begging and fighting for him to get back, I don't think we would be in the position that we're in right now. And, and one thing that I can say now being in a marriage with self-care is it, it allows me to not be so like not base my feelings of happiness, my feelings of worthiness on him. You know, and this year has been such a great example of that. Like he's had the craziest work year and there's been so many weekends that he's in the, has to be in the office and all of that. And a couple of years ago, that would have been devastating to me. And, and now it's like, I can fill my own cup up. And when he joins the picture, it's just like whipped cream and a cherry on top. It's like, <laughs> it allows, it allows me to have that sense of, 
of independence and wholeness while still coexisting in, in a partnership. Absolutely. And, and the reality, like for the reality of my situation was that Billy had to do the work. People ask me a lot about, you know, who partners in recovery. And I'm like, the the person has to want to change and they have to do it on their own. Like, that's all I can say. The only reason that we're in the situation we are now is because he wanted it and he puts in the work every single day, you know, and we all, like you just said, we both focus on ourselves. We stay in our own lanes and we focus on our own self-care because when I'm not taking care of myself, I suck. Like I'm not a good person to be around, you know? So, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, but I think what you said is so true. It's like, there's such a sturdiness and and I'll say like, listen, I spent four, five, maybe like 10 years of my life in love with this guy who was a football player that I like mildly dated. And anyway, I was so obsessed with him, Kendra. Like I, like I would Google him. I mean, he was like kind of famous. So I would like Google him and what is he doing? And it just, I was so obsessive about him and like, but didn't tell him, of course, like played it cool as his friend. I'm cool. Um, but anyway, point, point being, I told, I finally, and it, and it had, I mean, listen, my vulnerabilities, like it, it brought everything up. All my not enoughness came up from him. And I finally just like communicated in like a, like a very unnecessarily long text message before I, this is before I met Billy, my partner now. Um, like I just said everything I felt and I just typed it because it was like that release, like what we're talking about, the emotion, I let it go. And like the, the lack of response kind of, I mean, like the lack of response was the exact response I needed. And and my point in telling this story is because when I finally let that go and I energetically actually chose to delete his number, to get his energy out of my life, that was when my partner who was much more aligned for me came into the picture. But I had Mm -hmm. to like truly, not just like fake let it go. Like I had to energetically work really hard to like truly let him go. And I think you said it exactly right with like sometimes the letting it like to actually let it go you have to take some actions of like deleting the number doing those things it's like there you know there isn't a way for us to just be like in my head like okay I've let it go like (laughs) it takes being able to you know take those those even if the actions seem really small like I think everything that you let go after a breakup is like a huge success and like something to be so celebrated because, because it is so hard. And, and I just wanted to jump back to what you were saying with about Billy is like, I think so many people in their heads think that like, well, if that person really loved me, they wouldn't do that stuff. And it's like, it has, you know, as me being a recovering alcoholic and addict, it's like, there. I love my parents, love my mom. My mom cried herself to sleep like every night for six months. And it's like, it was, I wasn't doing that to her because I didn't love her. I was doing that because it was my thing. It was my journey. So it's like, we, it's natural. We like just really over-personalize that kind of stuff when really it's just someone else's journey. Yeah. I remember so clearly when we went, took our break, like, you know, feeling like he wasn't as sad as I was like he wasn't. And I know this is like very common and just like 
it, like it's like this wondering, this comparison of like, are you these are your emotions this deep? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like are you going through the do you hurt as much as I hurt right now? Did you care as much as I care? And it's so interesting. And it just reminded what you're saying reminded me of that because he was like, just because you don't see it doesn't mean I'm not hurting. Like this is the most I just we're different people. We express this differently. And so I just, I don't know, it's, God, it's such a, it's such a hard time. And I have so much love and like compassion for anyone going through that because I, I can remember it's some of the hardest, it's it was some of the hardest emotions I'd ever felt. Oh my gosh. I know it's, I mean, I, it's been five years, five and a half years since I've gone through a breakup, but I mean, probably because I talk about them all the time, but like, I was like, it's, it's so easy for me to put myself back in, yeah. in those feelings and, and what you know, the physical pain and the mental agony and all of that stuff. And I think that's why having a self-care practice is, is so important. Cause I'm like, you need, you literally need anything, like everything you can get right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I wanted to ask, what would you, what would you like, what would you recommend to someone that does not know what a self-care practice would look like. Like what's the best place to start? I would say start by celebrating what you're already doing. And what I mean by that is I promise you, you're doing some sort of self-care and you're just not like qualifying it that way. And so make a list of anything that you're already doing and you don't have to be doing it perfectly or every day, but if you, if you're taking showers or baths, yeah. you know, if you're brushing your teeth, if you're taking a walk, um, if you're, sorry, um, if you're, <laughs> if you're, you know, um, reaching out to friends. So that's where I would first start and make a self-care checklist of those things you're already doing. And maybe you add one thing and maybe it's like five minutes of journaling and you just add the one thing to the list. But I think that's where we have to start because lasting change comes through empowerment, not shame. And so that's really where I like to start with people is by, you know, like the more I can build up your self-love, the easier it is to t to practice self-care. That's just how it goes. So start there and start by with the gentleness, start with a celebration, start by, you know, as you're navigating a breakup, make a list of anything at all remotely positive that you did for yourself. I don't care if it's that you got out of bed and went to the bathroom instead of peeing in your pants. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. It's like drinking a glass of water or avoiding... Yeah or muting the social media, you know, or putting some of the things away that are triggering in your house, you know, and putting them in a box so they're not visible. You know, whatever it is, even the smallest things, I think you start there and then you add things in gradually over time, not everything at once. Try and add something new each week, something small, you know, one minute, three minutes, five minutes, really small stuff. And that over time, those micro habits turn into macro change. They have a really big impact, especially psychologically. Like it's even just the fact that when you take, when you intentionally practice self-care, even for five minutes, you tell yourself that you're a healthy person with healthy habits. And so you actually just subconsciously make choices throughout the day that support that vision of you, even if you actually only did five minutes of stretching or something. And I feel like that's how, but first what you said, lasting change comes from empowerment and not shame. Like, I feel like that's so, so important. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of the things in, in the wellness world, I think it's changing now, but I think so much of it in the past came out of, out of shame. Um, 
There's but a that's lot of shame on the, on social media. I see it all the time. I see there's so much compare, like it's, there's like this subtle comparison thing where it's like, and I don't really have the proper words for it, but this subtle thing that people do. And I want to be conscious of not doing it right now by talking about it. Right. Where <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, where this it's the either or it's the right and wrong. It's like, this is right. That is wrong. And it's done in this weird, loving, like empowering way. So it feels confusing, but the reality is, is like what's right and wrong is determined by you. And what's Mm -hmm. right for Kendra is wrong for me sometimes and vice versa. And I think that's like what we have to really surrender is we have to surrender the idea that there's a right and wrong way of doing things and be open to our own, and, and so, yeah, we just have to surrender it and really get back in our bodies and trust that like we can trust ourselves, you know, and, and, and we can trust and, and get inspired and, and awakened by those who've been down the path before us, which is why I think these conversations and what you do is so important because when you're in that headspace, there isn't a lot of clarity. And that's a really good time to seek inspiration outside yourself because yeah, making decisions for what you need when you're feeling clear and balanced and all that is a little bit easier than when all your emotions are everywhere and you're feeling everything and you're not feeling like yourself. And, and that's a perfect time to reach out for support, which is why I think what you've built, the community you've built and, and, and the, the messaging that you put out through your work, Kendra, is like essential. It's so essential. I mean, I wish you started it a couple of years before. So I had it when I went through my breakup, but it's okay. We'll talk about that later. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, and I, I I mean, same, like ditto to everything that you do. And, and I, I think the last thing I wanted to say is like, it's so much easier for me, at least in my experience to do self-care when I'm feeling good. Like I will notice that if I, don't want to journal for multiple weeks at a time. I'm it's because I have it's because I have to journal because I have to figure out like what what I'm trying to not feel at the time. So even though and that's why it's even more important to practice self-care slowly in the beginning and and really like you talk about micro habits um because it is going to it is hard like it's not, you know, and it's and when we pause is when stuff comes up and it's usually not super fun stuff that comes up, especially after going through, through a breakup. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a balance, I think, because I I really think, especially in the situation, distraction is oftentimes self-care, like, and, and and we have to understand that what self-care looks like for you when you're going, when everything's working and everything feels good, it's going to be really different than what self-care is for you when you're going through a breakup. Self-care through a breakup is, is rest. And it's like, you know, therapy or outreach or connection, you know, it's, it's, it's asking for support. It's play. It's finding ways to laugh. It's finding ways to find, feel joy. It's like, I think, I think that's the thing is like, it's again, it's the practice of coming back to yourself and trusting that you can actually determine what you need Mm -hmm. to a certain capacity and what's right for you in the given moment. Yeah. And if you have no idea, you seek inspiration from people who've been through it, you know? And trying stuff on, you know, like you said, like trying a habit and you're like this, I don't like this at all. Then try something different. You know, not everyone has to start their day as, you know, we see so many people on Instagram do it. This doesn't work for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
So finally, can you tell us a little bit more about Self-Care Society and more importantly about You Year that is starting, which um, I've been on the other side of You Year the last two years. And it's like, it's just such an amazing program and such a great way to, to start the year and, you know, kind of get yourself in that mindset of not setting like these punishing New Year's resolutions, but empowering going into the year. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Kendra. I like it. you. I know you planned some amazing New Year's before. Um, I'm flailing without you. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. This one looks so good. <laughs> I'm kind of flailing, um, mildly flailing. Um, yeah. So self-care society is, I mean, I, I listen, I work with thousands of people around self-care and I really like my word, what I'm focused on is impact. And I realized after all these years of different coaching programs and things, it's like, this only matters if it has a lasting impact. And what I mean by that is this only matters if someone takes my tools and can use them and actually uses them in their everyday life. What happens if they don't, and I'm just providing information and then they do, and I'm not doing it in a way that is accessible, then they just feel more shame and guilt because they have the knowledge and they don't have a system for action. And so we built self-care society to bridge the gap between knowledge and action. It's not like, there, it's not about learning more. It's about the daily practice and it's about community. So a class, we have a full schedule of live classes. The classes are 30 minutes long. They're done in community. No one's visible or audible. So you can, especially if you're going through a breakup, like this yeah. is perfect for you. You don't have to like, you can do it on your phone or from bed. No one's going to see you. If you want to engage in the chat, you can, you don't have to. Um, but it's just the most supportive, vulnerable, beautiful community. Um, and, you know, different classes cover a lot of different things. It covers, um, you know, journaling. So a lot, we'll do have different journaling prompts or brain dump journals. We'll do meditations and breath work. We'll do a lot of different manifestation visualization processes. Um, so it's a way of taking a lot of these sort of um, personal growth exercises and doing them in community with a really supportive group of people. And then we also have like a full social network built and so you can kind of think of it as like Facebook, but because it's a, um, you know, private community, it's, it's specifically meant there's no sales. So no one's allowed to sell anything and, um, there's no, um, and it's all empowerment focused. So it's just like vulnerability. I mean, it's, it's really unlike anything I've ever seen. And so part of, um, our you year program specifically, which starts on December 27th and goes through February, um, 7th, I believe is um, it's only $50 for the whole program and it's six weeks mm -hmm. long. And that includes full access to self-care society. So there's like over a hundred classes. And in addition, we have all this special content. So we have like a virtual vision board workshop. We have um, guest speakers, uh, Kate Northrup, who's gonna be talking about cyclical living, Susie Batiz, who started Poopery and has overcome all this adversity um, as like one of the richest self-made women. She's gonna speak. Um, uh, Dr. Cleopatra is going to be speaking on longevity. Um, and so we have all these beautiful experiences. And then I'm leading some workshops on mindful goal, mindful design, uh, intention setting and, and all of that. So um, it's just a beautiful space to come together in community. I think community is so important. I think especially if you're navigating something challenging, it's essential. I think that's why what you've built, Kendra, especially, you know, like I can't say enough for coming together with other people who are going through what you're going through. It's just so important. So anyway, the program starts on the 27th. 
I would love to have anyone listening who resonates with it. It's truly a place to show up and, and, and really care for yourself, but to not feel like you're doing it alone. And especially if you're not feeling super creative and, and um, enthusiastic right now, it's, it's a really great place um, to do that. So um, I would love to have anyone there. And, and yeah, I'm really proud of, of what we've built and, and how it's impacting people. Yeah. And I think too, like going, I mean, I always talk about how breakups are this really amazing opportunity to get to know ourselves again and to really, you know, it's like this fresh start that we didn't necessarily choose, but we have. And so I think, you know, being able to go through you year to help shape that vision of like, what do you want this next chapter to look like? And with all that guidance and all the speakers that you have, I think, I think so many people listening to this would benefit. So go sign up, I promise. And $50 for it is a killer deal. So um, where can they sign up for that? Yeah. Um, we, if you go to self at, you know, on Instagram, it's probably easy to say Instagram is at self-care society. Um, or you can go to myselfcaresociety.com and there's a tab that says you year. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't really honestly have the words to articulate that community and, and what it is, but I do know that it is the space, um, is such a beautiful space, especially if you're going through something and you need support or you're feeling alone or you, you know, need positivity and you want to be cautious of triggers and things like that. It's the space for that. So we would love to have anyone who feels called to try it out. Great. And I'll put all the links, um, in the show notes and thank you so much again. Um, it's so good to see your face and talk to you. And, um, I'm so excited for people to listen to this and start implementing, you know, what I have learned to work so well. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited for you. And just some, I just want to send love to anyone who's going through a hard time right now because, um, you know, it does get better. Obviously, if you're if you're in the ditch, it means you're you're gonna you only have one direction to go, which is out. But I, I know, you know, we don't have to rush that, and, and I hope that some of these tools are helpful during this challenging time. Yes, that's great. Yes, it always passes. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks, Danica. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.